Welcome to the Speaking From Our Hearts podcast. In this edition, we'll be talking about many aspects of life, particularly health, relationships and wealth-related topics, all from a heart-centred approach. Your host, Paul Lowe, has a long and successful history of helping others through his coaching and mentoring, as well as his many charitable initiatives. He's been responsible for positively impacting thousands of people's lives, particularly young people from challenging backgrounds. Paul is the author of the books Mastering the Game of Life from Pain to Purpose and Speaking from Our Hearts. Welcome once again, listeners, to this Speaking from Our Hearts podcast episode. Today, I'm joined by a lady from Washington, D.C., a lady by the name of Marcy Moberg. Uh, Marcy today, um, she set the title. Uh, whether we're, we're finished talking about this remains to be seen. Uh, but she set the title of Being You Takes Courage. Marcy, very warm welcome to you. Thank you so much for having me, Paul. And um, okay, so let's get the show on the road then. Being you takes courage. What What's your thoughts, Marcy, behind that title? First of all, <laughs> well, I I think actually the most courageous act we can take in this life is is to fully embody who we are and to really uh, allow all the parts of ourselves to be loved and embraced and integrated into ourselves and then therefore blossom that wholeness out into the world. And that I think is a lifetime journey and it takes a lot of courage to do that because of our social and cultural conditioning and um, a lot of the us, you know, there's a lot of pressure to feel like we want to belong from a place of fitting in from a versus from a place of authentically being ourselves. And sometimes it can feel like there's a cost at mm. being true to ourselves and really allowing ourselves to embody who we truly are. And honestly, sometimes there are costs to that. There are sometimes maybe relationships that we lose or that get distanced. Um, and so it really does take a lot of courage for us to embody the wholeness of who we are and who we came here to be and who we came here to continue unfolding to be. Cause I, like I said, that's for me, uh, I believe a lifetime journey, not something that we kind of arrive at and then stagnantly stay at. It's an ever folding process. Mm. I don't know if it's too early in the uh, in the conversation, and listeners um, will hear me say this and have heard me say this quite a lot, Marcy, in the dance, our dance, um, because that's how I perceive conversations there. They're exchanges of energy, aren't they, between um, usually two people, but it, obviously it can be in a group. But I don't know if it's a little bit too early to ask this question, but intuitively it feels right, so I'm going to ask it. So what you were saying there, Marcy, around you know, this progression for ourselves as, as um, you know, who we are. And I just want to add something into that. Does that bring in the question then of who we think we are? Yes. Yes, definitely. And I think the uh, the piece around who we think we are and, and, and even furthermore, who we think we should be mm. is usually quite a big obstacle and and allowing those ideas of who we are versus um allowing ourselves to meet who we truly are and and to that's a very vulnerable act it's a very vulnerable act to 
get honest with ourselves and, and go inside of ourselves and recognize perhaps they do, that we don't know ourselves fully as much as we think we do. And mm -hmm. it's no fault of our own. It, you know, most societies, most families have ideas of who we should be. And that gets imparted to us in our household, through our family lines, in the media. There's, there's a lot of messaging around that based on, you know, our gender or our class. Or, there's just so many layers to that that can be imparted to us around this, these ideas. And then we take them in as our own without even thinking about them. As, as children, we kind of, you know, we're the sponge. And so we, as a sponge, take in this information, these ideas, and we have these people around us that are, you know, the quote unquote, the adults, and they have power over us in the sense that we literally depend on them, like our food and life and shelter depends on them. And that creates a dynamic where we maybe take on some ideas of who we are that aren't really the core truth of who we are. And mm -hmm. I believe the, the journey into fully maturing and into really embodying the soul of who we are um, requires us to examine that quite honestly. Yeah, and hence I can see where you're coming from with your, you know, the word courage you've used. Is it true to say, Marcy, that may, maybe a, an analogy that works is, you know, as, as young children, as we go through the days, weeks, months, years, we collect another label. Um, there's another label. There's another one. There's another one. To the point where that, certainly from those early, early formative years, creates our identity but isn't the trick then to sort of reverse engineer the process, if trick is even the right word, makes it sound a bit uh, insidious, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> but isn't, isn't the, the, you know, the, uh, the, the secret to start taking those plasters off, those labels off that um, we've, we've had for, for many years? But is there a stage before that that makes us want to do that? Because isn't there some power in and I don't know about the states, Marcy, but certainly in the UK uh, and in Central Europe, there's a saying called "Better the devil you know." Mm. Is you know there can be actually, and I'm going to take ownership of my own previous life here, rather than cast aspersions out there to the external world. So I'm talking, I'm taking ownership of my own uh, belief system that there was great significance for me in victimhood and all those labels that I'd amassed. But something has to happen, don't it, for you to want to start, you know, it's a bit like ripping a plaster off your skin, isn't it? You know, when you've, you've cut yourself and you put a plaster on and then you decide to take it off and you rip it and it pulls, say it's on your arm, and it'll pull the ears out on your arm or, or whatever it is on your body. It's ouch, that hurt. Um, mm -hmm. And it's kind of one of those, isn't it? So what I'm saying is from your experience and your insights and your work and your journey, Marcy, is there a point that says, do you know what, guys, start taking those plasters off, even though it might hurt, you've got to do it. Do you think there's a lever there for us, Marcy, that otherwise do we kind of just carry on better the devil, you know, I know life's not perfect, but it's, yeah, I'll stick with this because, you know, I don't really want to upset the apple cart. What's your thought? Right. 
Yeah, I, and we have a saying, I don't know if y'all have the same saying over there, but that feels a little similar, but the saying here is ignorance is bliss. Mm, yeah. Um, and because, I mean, if you do this process of peeling back these layers, you know, it's like what one of my teachers once said, you can't unripen the mango. It's not like you can go back and undo it and, and, pre and kind of like hide under the covers again and go, oh, pretending I didn't see any of that. It's, yeah. it's one of those things that if you pull the string on that question, you, you kind of can't go back. And so mm -hmm. I do think that each of us have what I would call, I, I refer to it as a burning point. Each of us have a different burning point where it feels like the pot is, is really, really hot. And we say, okay, enough is enough. Even though most of us, what we fear is we fear the unknown. We fear, well, what does it mean if I examine who I truly am and I examine my truth and I discover that my truth is very different than what I thought? What does it mean if I discover that my career path is different? What does it mean if I discover that what partnership looks like for me is different? What does it mean if I discover that, um, you know, my sexual orientation is different than I thought? There's, there can be so many, so many layers to this that are kind mm -hmm. of the core of who we are. And it can sometimes feel, quote unquote, easier to keep staying in the place of, you know, kind of metaphorically having a blindfold on then to peel back the layers and discover the answers to those questions. And because when you start to do that, it's not like my experiences is it's not like life, the universe kind of comes in and, and then provides this, you know, lovely flow chart of, you know, step one, step two, step three, mm. <laughs> and even like what those steps look like. It's, it's uh, quite a messy process is my personal experience. It's kind of more like, a, you know, like a tower crashing and falling and being demolished. And, and it's a lot of, you know, in some mystical stories it's talked about as the dark night of the soul. And um, it's not for the faint at heart, right? I think we would be, I think that has been a mistake a lot in the, um, personal growth world that there is kind of a painting over this journey that makes it seem fun and easy and like we can pivot on a dime and my experience is it's difficult it's uncomfortable it's confronting um and it is ultimately what leads to what many of us yearn for, which is a deeper layer of freedom, a deeper layer of connection to ourselves, a deeper layer of authenticity, deeper, more meaningful relationships. Um, it's, that is what's on the other side of it. But when we're in that place of before beginning the journey or just getting ready to start to move our foot towards that journey, it can feel really scary. And so, yeah, it can feel like, let me just, what I call push the snooze. Let me just keep pushing the snooze button on this journey. But I do believe inevitably it will catch up to us. So it's a matter of, you know, how much do you want to quote unquote burn or suffer really? Because when that, um, I think really when our soul's voice kind of comes knocking on the door, when we keep turning away from that, the knock gets louder. And for some of us, which was the case for me, um, that can manifest in our body. And so for me, that ended up manifesting as chronic illness.
Mm. Do you care to share with us, Marcy? Are you, um, um, would you like to share with us what that burning point was, what that leverage was, what, what tipped it to say, I've had enough of this. Whatever this pain is around whatever situation that was, um, and, and going forward in my life can't be as bad as this. Uh, would you like to share that? I mean, I certainly, I don't want to, you know, to uh, take you anywhere you don't want to go, but uh, might be useful just to give an insight as to what that point was. Sure, absolutely. Um, for me, and, and I'm, I'm very open about sharing about my, my own journey because I think it's important in the role that I am now, I feel that that's important to share so that people, because a lot of people will come to do work with me and say, you know, well, I just want to have the same, you know, kind of confidence or clarity you have. And there's, there's not a recognition of like a little bit of how gritty it was to get here. <laughs> it was pretty gritty. Um, and so for me, that burning point was I was working in a job that was not feeling aligned and fulfilled. Uh, I knew it wasn't, it wasn't the path for me, but I had no idea what the alternative was. I just knew that I had this really intense spiritual fervor in, in myself. And I was spending a lot of time devoted to different spiritual practices and study. I was in a marriage at the time that was extremely unhealthy, had devolved into a place where my husband at the time was extremely depressed, um, sometimes suicidal, and um, had also experienced domestic violence. And for me, it's like the, you know, the one point that there's, there's several points, but I would say one of the most poignant points that's kind of seared in my mind was he and I um, had gotten into a disagreement. I don't really recall what it was about. And he had left the house. And at that point in our marriage, it was pretty bad. Like when he would leave, he would just leave uh, for long periods of time. I had no idea where he was, you know, and he was quite, it felt very quite unstable. There were times where he tried throwing himself down the stairs, throwing himself up on a window. It was just quite bad. And so I was literally kind of heaped on the kitchen floor crying and had this moment where I was just feeling so emotionally, mentally, physically burned out. I also had been having a lot of physical symptoms. I was having a lot of um, really strong gynecological symptoms of things like three months of straight of bleeding and the doctor's not understanding why. So it's literally like my body was bleeding out to say, pay attention. Like you can't keep doing this. I had received a message from a healer quite um, soon to that moment that had told me, if you don't change, I don't think you'll see, you'll, you'll see the age of 30. Um, and I knew that that was true. And I remember like crying on my kitchen floor going, wow, I can see that if I don't change something, I think I might not be alive soon. Whether that's at the hands of someone else, it's the hands of my health uh, burnout, or I might just get, I'm, I'm so close to kind of mentally cracking that I'm not sure I'll ever come back. Um, and that for me was, was my moment of feeling like I was starting to have kind of a breakdown in my mental health, a huge breakdown in my physical health, breakdown in my physical safety, like everything in that point was kind of breaking down for me. Significant to say the least. 
It was a lot. <laughs> I don't recommend people wait until it gets that bad, but <laughs> that was my own, <laughs> my own journey that it had to get, it had to burn like metaphorically that much for me. And, um, you know, and I learned later through my own healing process that that was, um, that was very much deeply connected to early experiences in my childhood where I, I'm um, a survivor of sexual abuse. And I had a lot of really, really, really horrible experiences that lasted for quite a long time. <clears throat> and that process, unfortunately, um, to survive created a very high emotional and physical pain um, threshold. And so I, you know, that's kind of how I ended up getting to that place because of my past, because I had to survive kind of in some really difficult situations and, and circumstances. Um, so some of us, because of our Unfortunately, because of our past, we kind of have these really high pain thresholds. Sometimes it's pride. I think that was also another place for me because I really prided myself on being a strong, independent, um, you know, like feminist. And my, I was totally perplexed. Like, how could I end up in this situation where I'm in an abusive relationship? How could I not figure out what my life's purpose was? How could I not get my health together. Like what, why was everything falling apart? And I was really judgmental towards myself and I felt really proud to try to figure out on my own, you know, try to fix it on my own. And that wasn't working. And so it was a very slow journey to get vulnerable and allow myself to receive professional um, help from therapists and different healers and practitioners. And then uh, much later to be able to receive emotional support from my close circle um, because no one in my life knew that that was happening. Like no one. I was really good at wearing a mask. And I think that there's many people that can relate to this who are suffering a lot. I was really, really good at wearing a mask uh, that everything was okay. Again, I developed that as a coping mechanism as a child and I got really good at it. And so I, I wore that mask to the world and to my work and no one had any idea that anything was falling apart. So when I later went through divorce, people were really, really shocked and, um, and confused about how that had happened. And there were some people that were trying to talk me into getting back together with my ex because they didn't know the whole story. And it actually took me several years to be able to start sharing with my close friend circle outside of my um, therapeutic and healing support team around what happened. It took a long time. Mm. Two key words here that, that I'm hearing, Marcy. One, obviously, in the title around courage. The other one, you've mentioned it twice, and I'm really, I'm really pleased that you mentioned it more laterally there, is that word vulnerability. Mm. Is it true to say, do you feel, that those two words kind of go hand in hand? Yes. I do think so, for sure. I think that, you know, when we're thinking about being courageous enough to be ourselves, it requires a certain level of softening and vulnerability inside of ourselves to acknowledge who we are. And, you know, in speaking about those burning moments and in a burning moment to go, let me be vulnerable enough to acknowledge that, like, that this is, this is not it. This is not working. Something needs to change without um, blame and without punishing myself, 
let me acknowledge that I, I need to shift something. And then also the vulnerability to then receive support and receive, um, you know, support in from our circle or from a team of support to be able to help us through that transition. And not everyone needs to get to the burning point I did. You know, that's just kind of, I think, some of us have that kind of a journey and others catch themselves sooner. And that's part of what led me to do the work I do today is that my, my desire is to connect people back to themselves and the center of themselves, which I call intuition way sooner in the process than it happened to me so that they don't get to that super, super burned out. Like I, my life may fall apart and my life is falling apart and it may just not like, continue place, but they actually are able to maybe catch themselves sooner in the process. They're able to recognize those signs um, earlier and to have the courage to acknowledge them sooner rather than later. Because um, when we keep pushing snooze, it inevitably, you know, can create a, a backlog of um, emotions and energy and unprocessed things that are saying, you know, hey, this isn't this isn't who you're supposed to be. This is who you think you're supposed to be, and and something needs to dramatically change. So it, it takes a vulnerability, regardless of where you are in the journey, whether you're kind of like really at a place of complete burnout or you're sooner in the process. It's a vulnerable vulnerable place to be to say. Um, something's not right and this isn't feeling aligned and then to then start to take the action to allow yourself to speak your truth, live your truth, take action from your truth and embody that. Yeah. Um, I think it was Brenya Brown that said, didn't she around, um, our vulnerability is our strength. And when I first heard that a few years ago and it took me a little bit to get my head around it and I totally embrace it now because, you know, from a point of view of, of putting yourself out there, whoever you perceive you are, um, there is that kind of, okay, so here I am now, I'm stripped bare, and whatever you throw at me, you can't hurt me anymore. I'm not giving you that power. And yes, I'm vulnerable, and that... that self-authenticity of of accepting that as a human being or to quote Chopra you know we're spiritual beings having human challenges and experiences I get that but you know we're not kind of embroiled in a in an academic debate here Marcy we're talking about real issues that that certainly you and I we've been through and I know thousands of our listeners because that's the kind of listenership we've got here um, can relate to these are real these are not some nice fancy theories that all um, you know mm. as you said at the beginning at the top of the conversation Mark, you know we can kind of flick a magic wand and or take a pill and everything will be all right as if it never happened well <laughs> and their end of the uh, Alice in Wonderland story because it's mm. not like that is it as you've already explained but for me, this whole concept of, you know, of vulnerability, and I, and I use this in the context of a label that was given to me, um, and I, as I do with all labels, if somebody tries to give me a label, Marcy, the fact that they are trying to give it to me, by definition, makes it the label. 
So it's their possession and you're mm. trying to give it to me. So I reply very respectfully, thank you, but no thank you. It's your label, whatever it is. Because I think it's more important that we as people, we go on that voyage of discoveries to find out who we really are, who we truly are, not mm -hmm. who we think we are. But this vulnerability thing fascinates me because isn't the reality that once we accept ourselves and and the fact that shock horror, we're, we're not actually perfect and neither... Well, there again, I can only take ownership for this statement from my own perspective. I don't want to be because it doesn't exist. It's right. it's just a right. misnomer. It's it's a fallacy. But isn't it true as human beings that we spend a lot of our time if we've not got that awareness to... And we chase this concept called perfection, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we definitely do, and I think that that's one of the pieces that's hard to get vulnerable vulnerable about with ourselves is how we chase that idea of perfection, and then really moving from a place of not just mentally recognizing that we have perfectionist tendencies and that that's not possible, but really feeling it in our heart space. And when I've done work with clients around that, and I know that that was the case for myself as well, as I really started reconciling with the perfectionist inside of me, um, there can be a grieving that happens around that. Because I think that for some people, it feels comforting to have uh, this idea of um, well, then I'll quote unquote, always get it right, or I'll never make a mistake, or I'll never hurt someone, or I'll always, 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 always be in my truth um, and never fall out of it. And I'll never repeat a pattern that's unhealthy. And I think there's, for some people, it feels like a comfort in that because it's a controlled environment. But the human experience is so much messier than that. And there is, um, it is quote unquote imperfect. Like we will, we will make these mistakes. We will go in and out of consciousness. We will have these moments of forgetting, you know, kind of not fully remembering who we are and then coming back to who we are and, and have these moments of being conscious and unconscious and, you know, un unintentionally hurting someone and then intentionally hurting someone and wish we hadn't done that. Like that, that is the, the nature of why we're here. I think, you know, I think I really believe that we, and, and pardon the helicopter going overhead, we're in DC, <laughs> we have these things. Um, but we, you know, I really believe that we are humans, um, you know, we, we came here to incarnate on earth to go to quote unquote earth school. We came here to learn some lessons. And I think for many of us, one of the biggest lessons is, is letting go of perfectionism, which ultimately underneath it is letting go of a certain level of control and a certain level of predictability and a certain level of, um, you know, knowing when you've quote unquote arrived and instead allowing it to be much more nuanced and messy and nebulous um, and learning how to find power in that. There's so much, Marcy. I think what we've done here, we've laid a solid platform for further discussion because, you know, we haven't even mentioned the dirty F word yet, fear. <laughs> 
there, yeah. That's, that's not even been brought up. But um, I want to park it there, if I can, Marcy, because I think, as I said, we've laid a really solid platform there for, you know, I'd like to invite you back on another podcast where we can really dig deep um, on on these things and, and, and ask, you know, the big... How do so? How do we move forward now? You know, we've not even danced with that question. Um, mm. But as I say, I think we've made, uh, laid a nice platform. Um, I want to ask you a big question to finish off things, Marcy. But before I do that, how can people reach out to you? How can they get in touch with you? What's your contact details? Yes, people can find me online at www uh, first and last name Marcy Moberg M A R C I M O B is in boy, E-R-G is in george.com. And um, that's where all of my information is. They can find out about any courses I'm leading. I lead a lot of online courses. They can find out about more about my one-on-one deep dive healing work I do with people. And also I'm on uh, social media on Instagram and Facebook. They can find me at Marcy Moberg and on Facebook at Joy with Marcy. Superb. Thank you for that, Marcy. And uh Regular listeners know exactly what's coming now, and it's this. So I want you to imagine we're stuck in an elevator for 30 30 seconds, and we're going up to the next level, and we're introduced. Hello, Marcy. I'm Paul, Paul Marcy. I'd just like to ask you a question, if I may. I know you're a total stranger, but I've got this intuition that I want to to reach out to you, and, and please forgive me, but if you had one message... Marcy, to to say to the world before we get off at the next level, what would it be? Yeah, it would be that being you is the greatest gift you can give to the world. And that is why you're here, to discover who you truly are and to embody that. You have a unique purpose and by purpose, I don't mean, doesn't necessarily mean career. It simply means allowing yourself to be yourself. And that is the greatest gift you can give because um, no one else can give that gift to others. Only you can. Super. Thank you, Marcy. Thank you very much for being part of this podcast. And as ever, listeners, I sign off now by saying, no matter what you do in life, always walk your path with heart. Hearts, helping everyone achieve results towards success.